Dynasty League Football.com and the DLF Family, a podcast. That's Tommy B. I'm the SFD. This is the Super Flex Super Show. And here we go. Week 11 standard operating procedures. We're almost getting to a point now, Tommy, where I, like, I, I, I can't count this high anymore. We're, uh, <laughs> we're getting late into the season. I, like, I had to pause for a second. That also could be COVID brain. But <laughs> it the feels return. Like, yeah, it feels like we're almost at the playoffs. And I kind of am already reminiscing about the season. Like, I don't want the regular season to end yet. I, I've still got moves to make, man. Yeah, seriously. And it, like we were just talking about Trade Attic 6 off there, like the one league that we're in together and, uh, you know, kind of talking about path to the playoffs for both of us. Like it's it, it just kind of sneaks up on you where all of a sudden it's like your 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 protocol really kind of changes, you know, where you're kind of thinking about you're planning for, you know, maybe it's the next few weeks to make that playoff push. Maybe it's, uh, you know, what happens once I get to the playoffs because I'm well on my way. Um, and in my case, <laughs> after suffering a uh, humiliating defeat uh, to you in that league, I think that it's time to embrace a rebuild, which is tough in week 11, but that's where we're at. So that's what's going to happen. Yeah, this is kind of, you know, planning for the end game of the season. And the savviest of the super friends are doing exactly that right now. They're reaching out to their league mates and saying, hey, man, like, this is it. I'm the fifth seed and I want to make my move. Or, you know, it's just not in the cards for me this time. And I've got some pieces and I want to sell them to you because you want to contend right now. And let's figure something out. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so we're, we're definitely going to talk about that. Uh, throughout these these standard operating procedures, not only this week but going forward, um, that's just kind of going to be a, a common theme the rest of the way. Um, so we'll have a little bit of that for you today. Let's get into standard operating procedures for the week, though. Just some players to make sure they're rostered. Desmond Ritter may have been dropped. He's not good. He's still not good. Taylor Hennicky injured. Um, leg injury could keep him out. Desmond Ritter becomes a starting NFL quarterback. And at the end of the day, that's kind of what we're looking for in Superflex. So make sure he didn't get dropped. Keaton Mitchell, another uh, another big game. Um, despite getting a, a pretty low uh, volume day, um, he's still out uh, outpaced Gus Edwards, both in receiving and rushing yards. Um, gets in the end zone as well on a long touchdown run yet again. He's just, he's so much more explosive. And it feels like Baltimore is starting to figure this out as well. Gus Edwards is always going to be the medicine ball around the goal line, but it feels like they're starting to catch on to the fact that the offense is better when Keaton Mitchell is on the field. Demario Douglas for New England um, suffered an injury here, but still just easily the number one wide receiver and might just get an upgrade at quarterback. Uh, just kind of a little bit of foreshadowing there as well. Um, and then, uh, and then Michael Mayer at tight end um, for the Vegas Raiders who uh, gets in the end zone. The only player in the entire game between the, the Raiders and the jets to score a touchdown. 
So by process of a limit, you know, by deductive reasoning, I'm going to call Michael Mayer the only professional athlete on the field <laughs> for that Sunday night game. That was absolutely disgusting. It wasn't even watchable. Yeah, but I, I want to circle back to Keaton Mitchell. I think that you and I, John, need to talk in the offseason about these undersized package backs. I don't even know what to call them necessarily. But five to ten years ago, we were targeting undersized running backs who are pass catchers. And that's not necessarily what we're looking at this season. We're finding guys that are 170 to 185 pounds who just they're quicker than everybody else on the field. And that's a huge advantage at that position. So we're going to put a pin in that for the offseason because I want to dig into that and figure out if this is an emerging trend. Yeah, I love that. Um, and uh, like it sure feels like it, right? There's kind of a kind of a lot of those type of guys right now. So, um, yeah, it's something we can't ignore, especially yeah. this week, because with the Falcons, the Saints, Patriots and Colts on by. That's a lot of startable running backs that we're going to be missing Ooh. out on in week 11. And so this week, you know, waivers just kind of feels like another running backs week. And it's kind of slim pickings, um, but we've got some good ads for you. Um, real quick, let's go over some quarterbacks that you may be able to pick off the waiver wire. Jameis Winston um, with Derek Carr going down with two injuries, really a concussion and I think a shoulder injury. Um, Winston came in and did exactly what you would expect Jameis Winston to do. Um, which is just kind of erratic, crazy plays that sometimes work, sometimes fail horrifically. Um, so he's an option, as well as Bailey Zappi. You kind of alluded to this, like quarterback is not great right now in the bottom third. Mac Jones is not playing well. He got benched really at the end of the game um, when the score was still close. And Bailey Zappi went in and did he do anything? Not really. Um, but again, starting quarterback, maybe it's you know, you're in a pinch and you've got to start somebody. Zappy is an option. Um, but moving on to the running backs, these are really the players that I'm valuing in my redraft leagues on the waiver wire. And that's Ty Chandler, uh, Dearness Johnson, Rico Dowdell. I've been told it's Dowdell, but I went to school with someone with that last name and he pronounced it Dowdell. So I'm kind of getting hung up there. Um, and Zach Charbonnet. Um, out of those running backs, John, who are you keying in on the waiver wire? Ty Chandler. Ty Chandler to me is the only name on this list so far that we really need to know. Zach Charbonnet is there for me as well. But uh, I think uh, Ty Chandler is the, the guy that you really need to focus on this week um, in terms of waiver priority. I think he's at this point in the season, I think you're kind of talking about an all in type of, of bid. Yeah. on a player like this, but Alexander Madison's out. Alexander Madison is not good when he's in. Like They've started to figure this out. We no longer have Cam Akers in the way. This has been something that, that has just been delayed by the trade for Cam Akers, but Ty Chandler, for the better part of a year now, has been the best running back in Minnesota. So we're, we're finally seeing the opportunity for him to take that thing over uh zach charbonnet i think is still worth um a, a priority bid um high priority just because it, he he looks so much better than kenneth walker but it's gonna take an injury for walk to walker uh for charbonnet to really take this thing over um the rest of these guys are kind of speculative to me 
in it, the quarterbacks, it sounds like Derek Carr probably is fine. Probably comes back after the bye week. Um, Bailey Zappi, we almost put him as uh, we originally had him as the next week this week, but um, I think that the fact that he did get into the game and they benched a healthy Mac Jones. I think it probably got enough people's attention that you're going to have to go pretty heavy for him. Uh, and I, I, it, like, he's still not that good. He's better than Mac Jones, but that's a low bar. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a couple guys at the wide receiver position that are perfect spot starts. Um, Noah Brown, Jaden Reed, Romeo Dubs, and Trenton Irwin, who I actually started this last week because I was in a pinch. Um, with, you know, the Jamar Chase and T Higgins injury situation. I think all four of those players are perfectly fine to pick up off the waiver wire, start for a week and then drop right back when you're done with them. What do you think? Yeah. I, so I would say uh, Romeo Dubs is probably going to be the, uh, the priority um, touchdowns in three straight games. He's leading the, the Packers in targets. Um, Noah Brown is going to be the one that gets the most interest from your leagues. Yeah. And, uh, I'm just a little bit of foreshadowing again here. Um, I'm just going to say, let everybody else fight over Noah Brown. Yeah. Monster, monster game and absolute and complete fade. I couldn't agree more, man. Like it's tough to ignore what's happening down there in Houston, but do I want to put my fab um, in action for a Noah Brown? Not really. I think these other options are probably just as likely to hit because you don't get past production. You only get future production when you put these claims in. Yep. And it, this this thing's only going to get murkier. Let me just go ahead and skip straight all the way to my uh, to my fades, which is it's a Houston Texans wide receiver group. The entire group yeah. have no problem with Tank Dell. I'm not going to pay up for Tank Dell. Um, I think Nico Collins is, right now is probably the most undervalued because he's been out injured um, after a you know a, a pretty quiet game the week before. He's still the number one. Tank Dell, I think, is a very close second. But the all of these guys are going to be involved. John Mechie even is getting involved now. It's a it's a minimum of a four man committee with uh, with Collins Dell. Uh, Noah Brown and Robert Woods. Yeah. And it might get even more convoluted than that. Yeah. Robert Woods was producing early in the season. Who says that, you know, he doesn't get healthy and perform and muddy this further down the stretch. Those are all great fades. Who'd you have for next week, this week players though, John? Next week, this week, let's start stashing Carson Wentz. I think we talked about him last week as well. He signs with the LA Rams since then and uh coming out of the bye i would kind of expect wentz to be the starter uh, brett ripian just did not get it done for them so i i wouldn't be surprised if they make the shift they had an extra week to to prepare um for carson wentz to take over and then malik cunningham is the other quarterback um in new england bailey zappy the better passer malik cunningham the more dynamic offensive player um, so, you know, at some point this season, there's a good chance that they take a look at both guys. If they make the switch now to Bailey Zappi, uh, don't be surprised if, you know, after a, a couple weeks of Bailey Zappi, then we see um, them move on to Malik Cunningham. At running back, Kenny Nwongwu, 
did I say that right? Yeah, you nailed it, man. Just kind of plowed through it and just like (laughs) hope for the best. Uh, Just like close my eyes and (laughs) just dive in. Um, And this is this is more yours, but I'm going to I'm still going to try and represent as best I can. Um, (laughs) Steps up in the meat grinder is is what you said, which is it's exactly it. I mean, Tai Chandler is the next guy up, but Kenny Nwangwu becomes ostensibly running back number two, I would assume. Um, Finally healthy as well. So uh, Kenny Gainwell. Um, he's the, the Philadelphia Eagles have the best running back schedule, um, for the rest of the game, uh, the rest of the season. Plus they're going to be in some pretty positive game scripts for the running game. If anything were to happen, happen to Deandre Swift, Kenny Gainwell becomes a league winner. Uh, so it, it, a little bit of a handcuff situation, even more of a handcuff situation here with Travion Williams for Cincinnati. Um, but the clear number two in Cincinnati, nobody else is really getting on the field and, and uh, getting any kind of significant work beyond Joe Mixon and Travion Williams. They have the sixth best schedule the rest of the way for running backs. Um, we know how important a running game is to the Bengals offense. If, if Joe Mixon were to miss any time, again, Travion Williams kind of in that league winner uh, category that late in the season out of nowhere type of guy wide receivers at perry for new england or new orleans with michael thomas going out with an injury at perry becomes the wide receiver three uh J- and then jalen guyton who's currently the wide receiver two for the chargers uh, keenan allen did come out of the game briefly went into the medical tent and left jalen guyton as the wide receiver one uh, did come back from the injury, but it just kind of shows you the opportunity that could be available to Jalen Guyton um, with yet another injury to that receiving core. Tight end Tanner Hudson of Cincinnati um, has proven to be the best receiving tight end uh, on that team. And in fact, just to skip ahead to my drops, I'm dropping Irv Smith at this point. Tanner Hudson has proved to be a better and more reliable pass-catching weapon for them. And then, of course, there's Tegan Quatoriano. Got it. You, you still get three more weeks, but you're running out of time and you're running out of excuses not to stash Tegan Quatoriano. And just a spoiler alert here, Tommy B., this whole thing is about to come together. We're about to come full circle on this whole thing. I'm going to talk about it in a little bit, but uh, I, I, we finally, I finally see the path. I finally see the future and it's Tegan Katoriana winning your fantasy leagues. Yeah. We're going to talk about infinity stones, really the best players at every position, the real difference makers. And I'm assuming that's when Tegan Katoriana is going to, yeah. So <laughs> we'll, we'll hold the uh, conversation there because I've got some guys that I want to drop. Um, I went to the Jaguars 49ers game, John, and it was miserable, to be honest with you. As a Jaguars fan, we got dominated on both sides of the ball. And when the Jaguars were on offense, A, we couldn't block effectively, but our receivers just were not getting open outside of Christian Kirk. And so if you're in a redraft league, you have my permission to drop Calvin Ridley. You also have my permission to drop Jerry Judy and Michael Thomas. 
yes, these players are likely to have good weeks at some point throughout the rest of the fantasy season, but they're entirely replaceable in redraft right now. I'm sick of having the heartache of Calvin Ridley in my starting lineup and him getting two targets. The same with Jerry Judy. It's just, it's not working for them this year for whatever reason. They're down below one and a half yards per route run and they're running a lot of routes. Like the formula is not there. Whatever the secret ingredient is, it's, it's missing. And so it's time to just release them. I mean, I feel like we're due for another one of your um, soul searching mantras. And I hope Calvin Ridley is included because I, I need some therapy with him. Yeah, seriously. Zay Jones feels like a stash, by the way. Okay. Uh, Jerry Judy was never going to work with Russell Wilson. Um, it, it, Jerry Judy is a is the precision route runner. Uh, that's never been Russell Wilson's game. But now we're kind of to a point where you've got Jerry Judy. Uh, he, he wanted to be traded. They wanted to trade him. Why is he still a Denver Bronco once the trade deadline passed? It makes no sense. He's not, he's out there just not even trying, not even finishing routes anymore. Just no detail whatsoever, no craft to what he's doing anymore. And it's because he's not getting the usage. He's not getting the targets because Russell Wilson is not looking for timing routes. He never has. He's been looking for, uh, he, he plays street ball. He looks downfield and he, you know, yellow balls that Cortland Sutton goes up and wins like that was always going to be the way this thing works. Um, and it, it just makes you wonder what the hell it takes to get a, a burner like Marvin Mims on the field finally. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you redraft leagues, especially every single one of those guys gone. Uh, Irv Smith, I said, is gone. Zach Moss, uh, Zach, this is this is, I think, just a, this is a shallower redraft league type of move, yeah, because he's still a great handcuff with a great schedule going forward. If something were to happen to Jonathan Taylor, hang on to Zach Moss if you can, but in those shallower leagues, very droppable at this point. Jonathan Taylor got 88% of the snaps. Uh, for the Colts this weekend. And then Chigakonkwo, um, basically splitting time at this point with Josh Weil. So it's, it's it, it, yeah, the the dream is dead there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so depressing. I mean, the tight end position itself is kind of depressing. I took a look this week. We don't have all the, all the scores in yet because we haven't seen Monday Night Football um, as of this recording, but the tight end eight to the tight end 20 on a points per game basis um, over the course of the season, there's only about two points separating the tight end eight from the tight end 20. So if you're in this Irv Smith, Chigakonkwo tier, like only carry one, right? Carry one or the other. Um, and then if they get hurt, just drop them and pick up another one of these guys. Yep, exactly. What about some players we can fade? <laughs> can i go first i've got, I've got <laughs> <Yeah>. a big one <laughs> wow that is a big i hadn't even seen this until now yeah i i seem to pick some of the most popular players for this part of our our show each week and it makes me nervous every time because this is one of the biggest names in redraft and dynasty and it's Brees hall um really good running back really explosive yet he's not successful on a down in and down out basis right now he's 98 in zone success rate and 26th in man success rate. So 
when they're running these zone concepts, he's a average at best running back and he's middle of the pack in success in zone runs. The Jets offense is not really firing on all cylinders to say the least. And I can see uh, opposing defenses dialing in on Brees Hall and forcing him to do things that he's not necessarily good at. So what am I saying? Am I saying to trade away Brees Hall? Not necessarily. I think that we could temper expectations or if we are looking to trade, try to find a lateral move because Brees Hall carries what middle of the second round in dynasty startup capital. Like he is a elite player, um, but he's just not doing it right now because the offense sucks. Yeah. And man, it's only going to get worse. Like right now they're doing it. it, it they're, they're, okay you know they move the ball a little bit against bad defenses Mm -hmm. excuse me this this schedule is gonna is about to get brutal yeah so including your fantasy playoffs fantasy championship in fact when he gets the cleveland browns yeah and miles garrett I, i don't want any part of that yep absolutely I told you I'm fading the Houston wide receivers. It's just because there's four of them. It's it's nothing against that offense. It's nothing against any of those players individually. It's just uh, it, it it's just going to be split up way too much. Um, it's going to cap everybody's upside, and it's going to be very hard to predict. Uh, I'm also fading Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill at this point. Their usage just kind of it 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 just kind of comes and goes. Uh, one week it's Alvin Kamara getting, you know, the heavy workload the next week he's sharing it. Uh, the next week he's right back to the heavy workload, Taysom Hill. It's kind of the same thing. And they're kind of not really coinciding either. Like it's not, there's nothing predictive about any of this. Um, you're just, you're just on a wing and a prayer, putting these guys in your lineup and hoping for the best. And then, half the time you're just not going to get it anymore. So yeah, um, not quite droppable, but man, I'm definitely not going to pursue those guys. Yeah. I like that. Um, I want to talk about some cells though, because when we started this conversation, John, we were talking about trade addicts league six, right. And how we were sort of being forced to make moves. And I've got two quarterbacks that if you're rostering them right now, both have ascended in value, and it feels like if you want to make a trade, both of these guys could probably have a few different trade partners. The first is Josh Dobbs. Um, I, I think that we as a fantasy community, we need to have the conversation as to whether or not he's a good quarterback, whether or not he's one of the top 25 to 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. And right now, I think it's tough not to say yes. Um, and so this is an opportunity to take something that you probably picked up off the waiver wire and you've been starting intermittently throughout the season. You may have a good sell window right now, a sell high window. And the same goes for Kyler Murray. I mean, he was back. Did you, did you watch the game this week where he was running around? Oh yeah. He looked amazing. I was not expecting the mobility. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, he had the big old helmet and the tiny little legs and he was scurrying around doing Kyler Murray things. And everybody loved it, myself included. I think right now, this is a great opportunity to sell to a contender if you're one of those teams in the back third of your league and maybe the playoffs aren't for you. This feels like a really great sell high window for Kyler Murray. I like it. What's it? What's that look like to sell high? 
Oh, man. Um, what I'm looking to do, if I'm going to sell Kyler Murray, um, I'd love to get a quarterback in return, right? So yeah. I'd like to maybe move into a Anthony Richardson and get something on top. Um, so for my troubles of not having the points um, this season for Anthony Richardson, I'd like maybe a second and a third back with that. How's that sound? Yeah, I'm good with that. So it, it I actually have an offer that I sent out for Kyler Murray. Um, uh, and uh, like, I won't go into specifics of league or anything like that just yet, but uh essentially I would send Kyler Murray for an early first and an early second. So I'm yeah. not actually getting a quarterback in return. Um, I'm getting a, a pick that most likely becomes a quarterback, but you know, there's, I, there's kind of a lot of risk there. I wonder if I'm getting enough back in that deal. I I would want probably a little bit more meat on the bone to be honest with you, but yeah. I'm one of those dynasty and fantasy players that really does maybe overvalue the quarterback position at the very top. So I, I'm the, the exact same way I'm right yeah. there with you. So yeah, I was kind of surprised that that offer didn't get snap accepted. That, that felt, that was one of those where I sent it out there and was like, wait a minute, am I sure I want to do it? Can I pull yeah. that back? <laughs> <laughs> but, but I left it and it hasn't been accepted. So uh, we've even talked about it a little bit, but uh, hasn't gotten done. So very interesting. Um, I'm selling Najee Harris. Uh, he's losing that job completely. Uh, like in redraft leagues, to me, I think you could probably drop Najee Harris if you can't trade him away. Wow. I think that's where we're at. Uh, he's produced in two straight games, but he's, first of all, he looks like he's running in slow motion it is just <laughs> so depressing to watch him carry the ball yeah um but then and then you see Jalen Warren come out like he's shot out of a cannon and you're just you see the difference between these two and you see why the workload is being distributed more and more to Jalen Warren every single week so if if you can get something for Najee Harris right now on the strength of back-to-back uh, double-digit scoring weeks, um, gets in the end zone two straight weeks. If you can sell based on that, sell. Yeah, I wouldn't drop, though, to be honest with you, even in a shallow redraft league, just because the Steelers have doubled down on running the football the last couple weeks, and Najee is kind of an Iron Man. He may not be very good at football um, in his present condition, but he doesn't really miss games. And so he's somebody that is sort of an emergency, you know, running back three or four on your team right now. I'd hate to drop him and have my opponent, you know, who's in injury trouble at the running back position, just get 11 points on their on their roster for free, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's definitely fair. I think you'll end up there at some point this season. But yeah, yeah. probably yeah. not. Not just yet. I'm with you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. next, next year, this year, some players you can rebuild around. I'm going with Jerome Ford. Uh, and I think I've talked about him in the past, but <clears throat> just very clearly the, the top running back uh, for, for Cleveland at this point, uh, cream hunt has been completely vanquished. I think there are a lot of people out there who are expecting a Nick Chubb comeback. And I just, I don't see that. Uh, I, I don't see much of a reason for them to invest heavily at running back. I think that they've got other, uh, other holes to fill. 
And I think that they've got a three down, do it all bell cow type of running back in Jerome Ford. Yeah. And the um, Deshaun Watson contract is about to explode, if I remember correctly, to the tune mm-hmm. of something like $65 million next year. Yeah. So they're not going to be able to uh, invest. I know it doesn't cost a lot for a running back in free agency, but why why fish in those waters with a Jerome Ford already on the roster? So I really like that one. Mm-hmm. Um, my next year, this year player is maybe an addition of the heart. I'm, I can't give up on Trevor Lawrence. And I know the narrative is mostly negative right now and probably justifiably so. Um, he's not processing super quickly. He used to roll out to his left when he got in trouble pretty effectively. And he stopped doing that. He hesitated in this game. And so he's just, he seems to be second guessing himself, um, whether it's the receivers not separating, whether it's him uh, seeing coverages that he's not used to or comfortable uh, throwing against, whatever it is, it's, it hasn't been working. Um, but I still buy into the generational prospect. I, I still see the profile and it's very enticing. And I think if he does rebound, that will carry with him, right? So let's say that they are a playoff team, the Jaguars. Um, We're going to have those island games where they're in the playoffs and everybody's tuning in. And those types of situations where the dynasty community is isolated on one game really boost players' value. And so I'm not ready yet to give up on Trevor Lawrence. I'm almost more inclined to double down at this point with a value dip. Man, from your lips, definitely. Like, we predicted a massive breakout. I'm, I I kind of have a feeling that we're going to see something very different. And, like, this this still kind of plays into um, what you're saying as far as rebuild for next year. I think you can get – you can buy pretty low on Trevor Lawrence. I think we're about to find out that he's a second-half quarterback. Like, we've seen that each of the last two seasons – uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see that, uh, see him finish strong this season and get his value back up into that, you know, that first round startup, uh, early first round even. And I, I, that would not shock me at all. So, um, the fact that you can get him right now, probably for fourth or fifth round startup type of value, yeah. um, speaks volumes. Totally. Um, speaking of that, I'm going to talk to you about some lineup hacks. So we're we're looking strictly at Week 17 Fantasy Championship, but Trevor Lawrence is going to be one of my tar- players to target for Week 17. Tommy DeVito is the other one. They have the first and second uh, uh, easiest uh, matchups possible. Tommy DeVito has. I, I assume Tommy DeVito is still going to be starting for the Giants at that point. Gets the LA Rams at home, best possible matchup for a fantasy football quarterback. Does that mean he's an instant start? Of course not, but he's going to be an option for you. Um, Trevor Lawrence is also going to be a very strong option. Second best matchup against Carolina, also at home. Um, avoid quarterback uh, QB for a uh, QB Browns <laughs> Deshaun Watson. Um, <laughs> He's he's at home, but he's got the New York Jets. Uh, we talked about Brees Hall in that matchup. That's a bad matchup just kind of for everybody involved. Uh, Sam Howell also. He has the second worst matchup possible at home against San Francisco. At running back, 
players to target first DeAndre Swift has the best matchup possible in week 17 and uh, against Arizona. And then uh, Derek Henry and Ty J Spears have the second best matchup against Houston. The worst matchup goes to Jerome Ford, uh, New York against the New York jets. And then second worst is Jameer Gibson, David Montgomery, both at Dallas. Wide receivers, the Saints wide receivers have the best matchup possible. Chris Olave is ready to, to deliver fantasy championships. Um, he's at Tampa Bay. Uh, and then the Bills, Stephon Diggs at home against New England. Very good matchups. <clears throat> uh, the Browns wide receivers also. <laughs> so the quarterback, the running back, the wide receivers all have the worst possible matchup against the New York Jets. Uh, and then the 49ers actually have, their wide receivers have the second worst matchup against Washington, surprisingly. Um, at tight end, Logan Thomas has the worst matchup possible against San Francisco. Uh, Trey McBride has the second worst matchup possible at Philadelphia. The best matchups possible, Darren Waller gets the LA Rams. That's number one. Number two is the Houston Texans uh, at home against the Tennessee Titans. And obviously Dalton Schultz would be a monster play that week if he's still healthy. But if he's not, this is where this all comes together, Tommy. This is where Tegan Quatoriano gets the opportunity in the second best possible fantasy matchup. And he wins you fantasy leagues. And and the the it's like a Disney movie. It's like a fairy tale come true. Yeah, yeah. God, like the 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 celebration here is going to be ridiculous. Here's here's what I'm going to put out to the super friends. And John, we haven't talked about this, so I hope you're on board. Okay. If we have a super friend that starts both Tommy DeVito and Tegan Catoriano in their championship match and wins, we will make a video trash talking the rest of your league and coronate you the league champion. <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, I wonder if the juice is worth the squeeze, but uh, <laughs> we might have to sweeten the pot a little bit, but yeah. uh, I'm, that's like the minimum I'm willing to do. If you, <laughs> you make those moves. <laughs> I think it would what be is, an elite play to put Tommy DeVito <laughs> in your super flex position and then just double down and put Tegan Catoriano in knowing he's going to score 30 to 40 points championship week. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so like this whole time we thought it was a bit just talking mm -hmm. about Tegan Catoriano, you know? Yeah. Uh, but this is, this is where it all just kind of falls into place and everybody's just like, he was preparing us for 17 weeks. He was preparing us for the moment that Tegan Quatoriano becomes a fantasy football legend. <laughs> and yeah. you heard it here first and you heard, heard it here uh, way, way, way in advance of it actually happening. We all have a player that we've started in a championship week that we had <laughs> no, no thought at all about them at the beginning of the year. And so why not Tegan Quatoriano? It could be him. <laughs> <laughs> that, should be, that's, that should be his slogan, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not Tegan? 
Yeah. But I mean, speaking of Tegan Katoriano, um, you were talking <laughs> the last couple weeks about this concept of infinity stones. And I was hoping you could just like refresh all of our memory on what they are, because that's what I want to talk about for our strategic session today. Yeah, definitely. So I, I've also heard this kind of explained by Halal Chami. He always he talked about the three hand sword. I don't remember the game that that's from. It's a card game, um, kind of a role playing type of game. And uh, basically, like it, it's not everyone can actually handle this weapon. But if you are able to handle it, then you you're you can't be beat. Yeah. You know, it's kind of the same thing with the Infinity Stones in fantasy football. It's it's it, they're hard to acquire, but if you were to acquire all of them, you're you're you are, you know you're you're Thanos. You're unbeatable. You're unstoppable. Um, <clears throat> you know, I I won't spoil the way that turned out in the movie, but um, <laughs> ignore that part of it. But like, yeah. just just kind of the concept, right? It, uh -huh. It's it's that that perfect lineup it's that perfect collection of players and i you don't have to have every infinity stone the more of them you have the better you're going to be the closer you are to being unstoppable but the ultimate goal is to find all of those yeah and i think that translates directly to fantasy and especially dynasty fantasy football um because there are probably i don't know 15 assets in fantasy that are the true difference makers and almost everyone else i don't want to say they don't matter but they don't really move the needle you're you're just exposing yourself to so much variance by starting them that you're kind of left up to luck you're left up to a weekly matchup or a touchdown here or there um, but there are a few elite players at each position that if you have them you know that you have an advantage over everybody else in your league and so i thought today we could go position by position um, and just pick out maybe one name, maybe two if we have time. Um, and we can talk through some trades that have happened. I've got the trade finder pulled up um, and talk about what we might be willing to pay in a typical, um, let's say like a start nine or 10 super flex league. How's that sound? Yeah, that works for me, man. Cool. So this year there have only been two quarterbacks that really are those infinity stones that are pushing above everyone else to the degree that, you know, they really matter um, to the tune of 24 points per game in a stock league. And those are Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. And so I'll ask you, John, like, which of these two guys are you more interested in acquiring if you're a, you know, one of those really strong contenders right now? I So let me start by saying, I don't think either of them, either of those guys is an infinity stone. Oh, um, yeah. I think that you can win with or without either of those guys. Okay. Uh, I think that uh, as far as infinity stones, I, 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 I can't even tell you for sure who, who that's going to ultimately be. CJ Stroud looks like he could be one of those. Um, like we just talked about Trevor Lawrence. If he's a second half quarterback, if he comes on as strong as he has the last two years, he's that guy. <clears throat> Excuse me. COVID is still tripping me up here, but um I, I like, I think that you can, you're going to be just fine with Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, but I don't think they're an unfair advantage, either one of them. I would prefer Jalen Hurts of the two okay. um, yeah. because he's got the better weapons, but uh, Josh Allen has a little bit better schedule. Yeah. 
they're they're both going to be fine. Yeah, I get that. The reason I chose them is because each one represents about four points per game um, over the QB three through like six or seven. So if you've got, you know, one or two of them, you've got an edge on a weekly basis and both can explode. Um, Mm -hmm. So looking at the trade finder, um, I I haven't reviewed any of these before. Um, So let's see, would you rather have Tyreek Hill and let's say a mid 24 first or Jalen Hurts? yeah Jalen Hurts um but it's it's definitely just because of the positional advantage it's it's not about um who who gives you a you know a a decided unfair advantage yeah how about CJ Stroud and a contending 24 uh first and a 25 second or Jalen Hurts Stroud give me Stroud yeah I think that's a pretty good arbitrage opportunity Um, how about the 101 and the 102 next year or Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts, please. Wow. I'm sure sure Caleb Williams is going to be everything that they say. Uh, and if, if he's not, then you get a second shot at it with Drake May. I get all of that. I just give me the known quantity. Give me the guy who's scoring points right now. Yeah. All right. Last one on Jalen Hurts. So would you rather have Jalen Hurts? Or a 24 first, second, and third, and Garrett Wilson? Uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of back to the, the, the Tyreek Hill thing. It's, it's really just kind of, if you're not getting a quarterback in return, it's a non-starter. Yeah. All right, let's move on from quarterback. I've got two running backs. And first, I guess I should ask you, Devon A. Chan, Christian McCaffrey, are those Infinity Stones? Uh. Not quite. No, wow. I think Devin HN might be if, if he comes back and just picks up where he left off, then he is. Um, but assuming, assuming he calms down from that, that ridiculous touchdown clip. Uh, yeah, I think that they're both very strong starters. Um, I think that the guys that we're looking at right now is potential infinity stones. So, um, just based on, how they're performing right at the moment would probably be Jonathan Taylor, possibly B. John Robinson. Wow. So HN, CMC, both scoring about 25 points per game. Obviously, fewer games yeah. for HN, but that beats out every single quarterback so far this year in points per game. Um, yeah. yeah. So which player you which player would you choose as your infinity stone at the running back position? Yeah, I'll go with I think I'll go with Jonathan Taylor. Um, definitely the schedule. It's it's also uh, so the big thing with running backs is it's just hard for them to um, to continue, you know, to sustain this type of production for an entire season. Yeah. Like you're asking them to survive, you know, thirty car crashes a, a week, basically for 17 weeks. So it's not that I think Christian McCaffrey isn't capable of being that. It's just, he's very likely to slow down. They're very likely to slow him down. Yeah. Whereas right now you've got a pretty, you've got a pretty fresh Jonathan Taylor. I totally agree. Yeah. I was thinking about this for Kyler Murray too, not to get too far afield, but the issue with him every year was he broke down at the end of the year coming in in week 11 he might be able to maintain that elite production um, throughout the course of this playoffs. 
That's a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to some trades. Jonathan Taylor or Stefan Diggs straight up. Taylor. Taylor. Um, all right. ETN and a 24 second and third or Jonathan Taylor. Ooh, uh, Taylor, but man, that's close. Right. Like the a second and third aren't really enough for me to, to move either way. Uh-huh. All right. How about Mixon and Cooper Cup or Jonathan Taylor? Uh, Taylor. All right. Last one. This is a true contending move. Keenan Allen or Jonathan Taylor? Oh, man. That is a tough one. Taylor, but man, that's close. Right? Keenan Allen has really ascended. Yeah. Um, that does lead us to wide receiver, though. And I've got a handful here, so I'm just going to read them off real quick. Um, and tell me if any of, any of these guys are Infinity Stones. So we've got Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Jamar Chase. Um, so I, I'm going to stick with A.J. Brown. Um, it's a tough schedule. But uh, just the level of consistency, it's so much easier for a wide receiver than any other position Yeah, to just kind of sustain what you're doing, even if it's it doesn't seem like a, an unsustainable clip. Um, and, you know, as much as we talk about wide receivers being, you know, and it, the, the value should be about wide receivers being overvalued and overrated, um, when you do find these guys who are doing you know, wide receiver one consistently, not just a wide receiver one, but the wide receiver one consistently. Yeah. Like they're able to sustain that for the rest of the season. They do that pretty consistently. One, somewhat, somebody does it every year. So I think it probably just continues to be AJ Brown. I will say I CD lamb coming on uh, that whole, that Dallas offense coming on. Um, that's something to keep an eye on. And then, uh, man, Keenan Allen, there's nobody else healthy there. And we know that that they're going to throw the ball. They have to. So it's, it, I, I think that those guys are not quite Infinity Stones. Um, Tyreek Hill, I think, is, is right on the verge as well. But I think that the, the, the guy that I'm going to say is just unequivocally that is uh, A.J. Brown. Yeah, I mean, he's averaging 22 points a game, which is fantastic. And a lot of these guys are right in that range with Tyreek Hill around 25 at the tops right now. Still some season to play out. Um, so you chose A.J. Brown. Let's pull him up in the trade finder. All right. Would you trade? Uh, well, here's one. This is more of a dynasty move. Um, AJ Brown and Drake London for Justin Jefferson. Um, no, I would not. Yeah, I would. I would prefer AJ Brown and Drake London. Yeah. How about Travis Etienne in a mid 24 first or AJ Brown? Uh, yeah, AJ Brown, but, uh, I don't love that one. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, if I'm a strong contender. I'll, I'll hang on to A.J. Brown, but, man, I want to make that move. I got a good one for you, uh, Mr. QBX. <laughs> Would you trade A.J. Brown for Trevor Lawrence right now? Yes, gladly. Yeah. 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 I'll, yeah. 
Well, okay, not gladly. Um, Again, don't love it. Don't want to have to do that. Don't want to have to give up an infinity stone for fair value, um, for an overpay, in fact. But uh, in a dynasty league, I think you have to do it. Yeah. All right. Final one, A.J. Brown and DeAndre Hopkins or Garrett Wilson, a 26 first and a 25 second. Yeah, give me the A.J. Brown side. Big time. Yeah. 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 All right. Last position, and I've only got three guys at the tight end position, and that feels a little generous, to be honest with you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Although that (laughs) – this position's getting freaking interesting, man. But, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, I I was tempted to include more players, but you just can't when you're talking about these truly elite difference makers – so I winnowed it down to three, uh, Travis Kelsey, TJ Hawkinson, and Mark Andrews. See, I, and, and I bring it up because I kind of think that the Infinity Stone might be Sam Laporta. I know. He's not even on this. I wanted this to add him, but I couldn't have four tight ends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, why not just say every tight end at that point? <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. Um, I, I think Kelsey is, is, would still be the Infinity Stone there. Uh, even with the, 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 the difference in age, I would still far prefer Travis Kelsey at this point. It feels like he's the only option with like an honorable mention for me going to Mark Andrews, because Mm -hmm. on a given week, I think Andrews can pace him. He's younger, so he's a better dynasty asset, but come championship week, if I've got Travis Kelsey and you have Mark Andrews, I feel pretty good about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, exactly. All right, let's go to some trades. Kelsey or JSN and TJ Hawkinson? Uh, man, slight, slight edge to Kelsey. That one's super close. Right. But yeah, I it, it's still just the difference between Kelsey and, and Hawkinson to me. People don't believe that, but the difference is is massive. Deshaun Watson or Travis Kelsey? Oh, um, yeah, I, I got to stay consistent with the analysis. Say QB Browns. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to do that. But... No, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about Travis Kelsey or Brees Hall and a mid twenty-four second? Um, man, that feels about dead even. Mm-hmm. actually um yeah you know what i'll go with Brees hall in that case and uh and and try to find some tight end scoring another way because the, th- the thing about it is a tight end <clears throat> and this has always been true is even though travis kelsey is the infinity stone there there's literally only one like every other position we're talking about a, a list of guys that it could potentially be we might be at a point now where the tight end position is starting to refresh a little bit to where we've got multiple options, um, but we're not there yet. And so if you don't have Travis Kelsey, you know, it, it's it's not like that's such a detriment because nobody else has anything particularly close, you know? So it's like there are a lot of ways to, to make up that scoring and yeah. everybody's living that exact same life yeah all right let me ask you this this is your home league you really care about winning the championship right Mm -hmm. 
What are you willing to add to Sam Laporta to get Travis Kelsey for a title run? What in, in terms of 24 draft picks? Um, to add to Sam Laporta? Yeah. Would you add a first round pick, a late first round pick to Sam Laporta to get Travis Kelsey? I don't think I would. I I'm sitting here trying to decide if I would add anything really to Sam Laporta in a dynasty league. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, as much as I, I don't know that you're giving up anything this year and long-term Sam Laporta looks like, um, very possibly could be the tight end one as early as 2024. Yeah. I'd, I'd throw a second or a second and a third onto Sam Laporta to get Travis Kelsey for a title run. That yeah. feels fine to me. A, a first is too rich. Yeah. Yeah. That's too much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that's just, fun. yeah. Well, so I'm curious about, all, about this. I mean, we're kind of talking about, you know, you know, my strategy of, mm-hmm. of searching for those infinity. So collecting the infinity stones. Yeah. Um, but is is it is there is it any kind of priority for you? I like repeatability. Um, you get that at quarterback and tight end. Um, mm-hmm. So those are the two positions I will prioritize. I think it's pretty repeatable at wide receiver, but that position feels overcooked to me. For the mm-hmm. production that you're getting um, at the expense of perceived longevity, I think it costs too much to get an elite wide receiver um, because we named what like seven or eight that were all really, really good options. There was one Travis Kelsey, right? Right. <laughs> um, we named two quarterbacks and you didn't even necessarily agree with them. It's it's a pretty sparse um, difference-making elite profile at quarterback and tight end. And so I just, I want to start there and I want to keep going there as well, especially in premium formats, tight end premium. I don't want to stop at Travis Kelsey. I want to see if I can get Sam Laporta or Mark Andrews as well, because those are tight ends that can't start for somebody else. And I'm still getting the benefit in the flex. Yeah. So all the way back to our very first encounter, when, uh, when we first learned about your strategy at quarterback, which yeah. is, you know, five of the, like the top five, yep. um, QBX plus, yeah. um, <laughs> So like, in it, I mean, I, I, I know that you've answered this question in many, many ways, um, in no uncertain terms either, but, uh, just, to, just kind of talk us through, because I think people still have a hard time conceptualizing, you know, once you get there now, mm-hmm. what, what's the end game from here? And, yeah. and that's the thing is like, if you actually, if you manage to collect the top five quarterbacks right now which I assume might include Sam Howell. Um, I I mean, I like not, (laughs) maybe not quite, but like, and you know, if you're thinking about it in terms of like Jared Goff, I think is there, but if you were thinking about it more in terms of like dynasty value, Mm -hmm. it, it still looks pretty similar to what it was before the season started. I'm sure. Um, But if you ended up with those five guys, you're in a position to go buy infinity stones without hurting your, your starting lineup, at least in theory. Yeah. So I'm doing this. I I didn't just say like, go for it. Like I I'm doing it myself. (laughs) I've got a league with Josh Allen, Jalen hurts, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, and Deshaun Watson. 
those were all bets that I made that they could finish um, in the top five. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember our conversation um, months ago, John, but I had uh, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson up there in my top five. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're right there as well. So mm-hmm. Allen and Hertz are QB one and two mission accomplished. Her- Herbert is QB five. I'm right there. Lawrence has really disappointed me. And Watson, if you take away that um, really weird game where he had like negative points, he's like the QB nine. Um, so a weird game in there, some odd injuries. And I don't, I don't know what's going on in Cleveland, but he's not as bad as the perception um, from a from a dynasty asset standpoint. Like he's producing he's, pretty well. He's He's healthy now. That's mm-hmm. a big part of it. I mean, they just they just put what 33 points on one of the top three defenses in the league. So yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah, I, I think he's probably going to be fine. Yeah. So um, the value is depressed right now, but yeah. yeah. And so in, in the league where I'm doing this, I've got a, a couple of them, um, but this is the one where I've had five quarterbacks all the way through the season. Um, I'm 16 and two. I'm the best in points for by several hundred points. Um, my all play is 838. Like I am just beating the heck out of this league and their scoring is down compared to my other leagues of the same format. This is a super flex start nine. Um, so it, it's working having all of these elite quarterbacks. Yes. I'm not starting five quarterbacks in a week, but I'm starting the quarterback one and two. Um, and I never have to worry about bye weeks. I never have to worry about underperforming assets or injuries, but my league mates do. So I'm selling them some of these trash QBs that I've picked up for free on waivers and stashed who have like, I don't know, two weeks, like a PJ Walker, let's say I'm mm-hmm. selling them to my league mates and they're starting them against me. I, that That's great. Please do. Please give me value and start PJ Walker against me. That's, that's great. Um, and so in my opinion, the strategy, it's working. It's causing some resentment, to be honest with you. People don't like not having quarterbacks, especially <laughs> sure. elite ones. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm willing to trade them, but only for other elite quarterbacks who are injured. So I would I would have traded for Joe Burrow, let's say, uh, earlier in the season. I won't trade for an Anthony Richardson. I won't do it because he hasn't met the criteria that I'm looking for, which is two hits on his resume two top 12 performances and ideally a a lengthy contract as well. Um, So I'm just hoarding and waiting and doing pretty well. So at what point do you re-roll? Sorry, I just like, I'm sidetracking us, but like I just got really uh, fascinated by this right here at the very end of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Like, What happened? Do you, do you kind of re-rack? Uh, you know, when you're thinking about who are the top five guys, who are, who do I want to have versus who do I currently have? Um, at yeah. what point do, and, and what do you base it on? Well, I've been shopping for Mahomes pretty much since I entered this league with an orphan three years ago and I can't get him. I've offered, um, two of my quarterbacks straight up for Mahomes and I just, I can't trade for Patrick Mahomes. And so that just removes one of the top five from my list. When I go into the off season, I'm going to have an abundance of trade value. And so I can choose my spots to tear up if, and when I would like to, by doing a two for one um, and then drafting another 
quarterback and doing the slow march to another, to a fifth elite quarterback um, with that rookie, because it's supposed to be a good class. I'm always looking for the tear up opportunities and I'm able to be patient because I don't have a problem there. And I've really been pretty successful at filling out the other positions because that's what people aren't focusing on is wide receiver and tight end and running back. Man, that patience is just so important and so, so hard to, to, to come up with. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> I've like, turned down some great offers for quarterbacks. I just, I refuse to move one of them right now because I want to a prove that the strategy works and B I've really got my league mates in a tough spot. And why would I let up at this point in week 11? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, you know, kind of conversely, it, it like if I was to use that strategy at this point, I would have already moved CJ Stroud into my top five. Yeah. And in fact, you know, I, I need to do a rankings update for DLF, but CJ Stroud's going to be a top uh, second tier quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, Pat Mahomes is tier one by himself at 101. That part has not changed. CJ Stroud's going to be in the tier with Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Um, Joe Burrow and, and Justin Herbert. And I'm going to have a hard time not putting him above a couple of those guys. I get uh, it. And, and so, you know, based on that, my you can tell how I feel about C.J. Stroud and the bet that I'm willing to make on C.J. Stroud going forward in a dynasty league. And so my impulse is to just go start collecting all the C.J. Stroud I possibly can right now. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of regardless, am I contending, am I, am I rebuilding? Either way, C.J. Stroud makes a ton of sense for me. Yeah. The, the key here, especially for a rebuild, is to let them go ahead and use C.J. Stroud to go win their championship and then make that deal in the offseason, which is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. That's an, it's an important distinction to make because it's not like the price tag is going to go up from where it's at right now. Not right now. No, he is, like you said, he's a top four or five quarterback in value and mm-hmm. probably deservedly so, but I don't, I don't need to shop there right now. Just wait for a dip. There's always a dip. Yeah. I am shocked that we ended up with such good strategy talk. Uh, you've been up since 2 a.m. Um, <laughs> driving home from the Jaguars game. I have been fighting COVID for a week now. Uh, and we, we might've just put out one of our better episodes in terms of strategy. <laughs> Let's so, not do it again. <laughs> yeah, not, not worth it. Not at all worth it. Trust me. Yeah. It was fun though. I really, I love talking strategy with you and I love being able to talk to the super friends as I was driving at two in the morning. I was just thinking about gratitude, right? My team just got stomped and it was the middle of the night and I was tired, but I was really grateful for a whole lot of things. I was grateful to play fantasy and I was grateful for my family and my friends, but John, I was grateful for being able to talk to you every week. I really do enjoy it. And I appreciate Likewise, it, man. Likewise. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to, uh, not only finishing off this season strong with you, but getting into the non-point scoring season and talking with you when we get to focus primarily on strategy man like that's that we're you and i are both just kind of drooling over that moment (laughs) can't wait man let's get some sops done though because we're in the thick of the playoff hunt and i've got to make some of these moves too that's right you've got all your sops 
All that's left is to go and execute it. So let's wrap it up for the weekend as we do that. Ask you for a quick favor. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also subscribe to the DLF family of podcasts, Mega Feast, and get access to all the great podcasts from DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Once you've subscribed to the Super Show, if you'd give us a rating and review, helps us to reach out to more people, involve more people in the conversation. From there, we can really drill down to the topics that are the most useful to you, our super friends. You can get at us on X. He's at FFTommyB. I'm at Superflex. Dude, this episode was dedicated in loving memory to James Brain Catullus. Thank you to DLF for the platform. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. And above all else, thank you for listening. And until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Yeah.